Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, it's the Do Business Better podcast. I'm your host, Damian Mason, but you probably already knew that. That's why you tuned in. But you know what? You didn't tune in for me. You tuned in for my brilliant guest. And today I've got a good one. His name is Joe Santa. Joe Santa was a school teacher for three years, then an athletic director involved with high school athletics for many years. He looked around one day and he said, boy, we spent a lot of money on trophies. I wonder if maybe I should get in the trophy business. So nine years ago, eight years ago, technically, he started his own business. It's called Trophy Centers Plus. He sells print material. He sells athletic uh, achievement awards. He's going to tell you all about it, but this is an interesting story because it's a guy that had a cush government job and walked away from it to start his own business. We're going to hear what he's learned and how he's thriving now after eight years of slugging it out. Joe Santa, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Thanks. Glad to be with you, Damien. All right. What did I get wrong in that? Uh, pretty much you got everything right. I, I honestly, I had a, I loved my career. Um, I was a athletic director at three different schools. The last two were very large schools in the state of Indiana. And I enjoyed what I was doing. I always joke with people that I would never be in that business to when I was age 50. And, uh, sure enough at age 49 is when I started my business, but I will tell you the honest to the short story. Um, I was at, um, Warsaw High School was my last job, and I was in the second year there. Um, had a great, it was a great gig. It was everything you'd want in a high school athletic program. And we, my second year there, we achieved, we got to the state high school basketball championship, which if you live in Indiana, that is the ultimate for anybody involved. And as the athletic director, it was probably the most intense, challenging week of my life uh, as an AD because, um, you know, we sold 4,000 tickets, 3,000 T-shirts. We're doing hotel arrangements, meals, buses, the whole thing. Yeah, it's like at the high school level, this is like hitting the NBA playoffs or something. It's it a is. big thing. And in Indiana, it's it's a huge, a huge event. Um, went through it. We got our butts handed to us in the state championship, but we made it. Um, went to spring break a couple weeks later. Enjoyed myself, relaxed. Came back the first day back, driving through the parking lot, 730 in the morning. I just, It hit me. Now, honestly, it just hit me and think, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, I don't want to do any other job in education. I've got the best job. I want to do something on my own. I want to be my own boss. It took me a year and a half to pull the plug. But and during that year and a half, I tried to prepare myself to do this. I thought the trophy and awards business would be the best one for me. Okay, so hang on a second. Now, in, in my book, I talk about pulling the trigger, and you, you didn't take as long as some. There's people that are out here for six, seven, five, ten years saying, I'm going to start this. It took you a year and a half. You were setting yourself up. You knew you were walking away from a guaranteed gig. You were a government employee. Government employees generally don't get fired, laid off, downsized, right-sized. It's, it's not like corporate America that picks up and moves the operation to uh, China. So... You knew you were probably safe. You knew you didn't have to do this, but you said, I have to do it personally because I don't have any interest in being the athletic director anymore. Correct. I, I just, and you hit it a little bit um, in your book. 
it was to the point where I just, there's a reason why you make a move like that. And it was an $82,000 a year pay cut. I mean, it was a huge leap of faith. Uh, I just wanted to make my own decisions. Not be, the, the role I had had changed a little bit with some of the curriculum things I had to become involved in and the, just the bureaucracy and education. And it was, it was just the right time for me to do that. All right. So you, you quit your job. It's June of 2011. So here we are. We're in our eighth year. Uh, first year, I'm sure you probably, I truly believe there are folks that have normal traditional employment that underestimate the difficulty of several aspects of running your own ship. What were the things that you underestimated? Well, first of all, the biggest mistake I made was assuming that all those people I worked with the past 20 <laughs> plus years would automatically drop their current awards seller and come to and you and come to me. Yeah. And you know, you talk about you build this business plan just so I can get money yeah. from the bank and that business plan was shot all the heck. Yeah, within the first year. Within the year, within first year. I underestimated big time where my clientele was coming. All those people that you knew that you had a relationship with, you assumed, well, heck, they got to buy the stuff. I'll be in business. Old Bob over here and Cindy down the road, they know me. I go to conferences with them. Surely they'll just go ahead and start doing business with me. And there you sat. And, and, and really, you, you look back, and I don't know why I thought that, because it's, it's kind of twofold. It's a lazy... It's the laziness of just picking up the phone and calling the person, hey, I want what I did last year. And then it's also, you know, those people obviously were doing a good job for them, so why were they going to dump on them? Yeah, on the one hand, it's people do what's easy, and then it's the old thing, this is what we've always done. So they're not going to be in a hurry to probably find a new vendor, but also they hadn't been pissed off by their vendor. So the idea of coming to you is, okay, what's my purpose? Uh, I make that point that when I, when I had to make my big adjustments – that all those folks that you thought you had a relationship with, well, you kind of did, but that doesn't mean they're going to do anything for you. <laughs> no, and, and I've slowly, you just cultivate those relationships. I've, I've been able to get many of them in the past several years, but boy, those first couple of years, I mean, I, I was working by myself. I opened up a retail store, which probably was not the smartest thing because there I sat for eight hours a day by myself trying to get business, which is hard to get business when you can't leave your building. Yeah. So in hindsight, now that you, uh, in your, in your eighth year, starting your ninth year, in your first year, you think you did wrong. Uh, you, you, you mistakenly thought more people come, come around because you had a relationship with them. You also wouldn't do a retail store. If you did, you'd put somebody in there so that you could be out beating the bushes. Yeah. I, well, I couldn't afford to pay anybody. So that was, that was probably a, a, a little bit of a problem, but I probably would run it out of a pole barn to the back of a garage for the first couple of years. Yeah, because uh, you didn't really need a showroom or a retail space. No. But it was your thinking that that was the way to go about it. That was the right way because everyone I knew that was in the business, that's what they did. So you said, wait a minute, just because everybody else is doing this, that doesn't mean it was the right way for me. That's right. What other things did you learn your first year? Money? Did money, did money, was it, because you're used to having a guaranteed Two weeks, every two weeks, you get a paycheck from a school system. Now what? Well, all of a sudden, you're realizing as you're paying bills, well, there's nothing going home with me. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I will go back, I, I could not have done this. My wife is a school teacher. We used her insurance. 
She had the check coming in and she supported what I was doing. She probably thought I was nuts, but she knew she knew down the road that I could get this thing built. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, no money. I, I had I did not I did not pay myself for two years. And I think you even mentioned it in the book. And I remember I had people talking to me, my, my banker, local guy told me, how long can you go without paying yourself? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, I can go a year. Yeah. Thinking surely within a year, I'm going to get this thing done. Well, it was about three years before I paid myself. And there, that, that's, that's probably the average. I don't know, but, uh, certainly the money part of it is a big challenge. And then when you look back at those first one to three years, what did you actually do right? We know you probably had made a few mistakes. You made a few uh, assumptions that didn't come to fruition. What did you do right? Kept going forward. I just, what what do I have to do to get this thing rolling and making good contacts? I did have some good time contacts already, but I probably adapted because it was at that time I realized I cannot build this just in the awards industry. I can't do it just engraving and making trophies. So I started looking at what's it going to take to do some screen printing, some embroidery. Um, there's so contracts. You, so you, ran, you branched out out of necessity or because a client that you at least picked up said, hey, can you also do this? Well, I got tired of saying no because they would come in. Do you do shirts? Do you do embroidery? And I'd say no, but go use this person. Go use this yeah, person. Yeah. And you're thinking, wait a minute, these are my clients. Why? And, and so I learned that the art of contract printing, there's people out there. That's what they do for people. Yeah, so you already had customers that wanted something more, and you said, all right, I'm going to branch out. Now you run the risk of becoming diluted. Just like you said, you needed to be banging on doors and making calls and trying to get more revenue by making sales calls. Now you're branching out into too many things. Are you in too many things now? No, because I think over the years, the things that I've done right, I brought on quality people to assume a lot of those jobs that I was doing all by myself. And as we've grown, bringing in quality people that can do those jobs and allow me yeah, so to do you- what I need to be doing. Okay, then you didn't get overwhelmed. I'm sorry, you didn't get diluted, but you get overwhelmed. Because this is a problem that all of us have. I've been 25 years, and I know that there's a million things I could do. I think if you're self-employed or run your own little business, you could work twice as much as you do and still have plenty of things to be doing. I'm. There are certain times of the year where you just, it's all you think about. You've got these jobs coming up. You've got to get this taken care of. And you kind of forget to do the things that that got you there, like communicating with your clients. But then there's times of the year where you can sit back and say, you know, we got to do these things better next year. Um, The overwhelming part of it is I also can refer back to being a high school AD. I'm working less hours now for the most part than I did back then. So I don't feel like I'm overworked. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be the best owner, the best seller that I can. Yeah. Now, let's talk about after the first three years. So you, you diversified and found that you had other things you could do uh, at, at the midpoint. So you're starting your ninth year. Somewhere in that four to five year window is probably where you started feeling like, hey, I got this. <laughs> I know for me, I never thought I didn't have it, but I know that there was a time when I sure as hell thought I did not. Like when I, when everything went bad for me for a few years, I thought, man, I thought I really understood this. 
I thought I knew how to, but I'm a mess. You will, you'll, you'll get this. There, there are days where you're sitting there at home, you got a beer in your hand, and you're going, hey, I got a little, I got a sweet little business going, you know? And then there's about three days that you're saying, how am I going to get till next week? How am I going to pay those bills? Well, now all of a sudden, the last two or three years, I'm having a lot more of those days where I'm saying, hey, this is going pretty well. I think I can do this next, this next. And I, you're right. It was, they say that businesses are all going to fail. Most businesses fail within the first three to five years. Sure. When you hit that fifth year, they're, they're, they're right. All those experts are right because there's a natural progression. And I feel really good right now the direction we're headed. Um, almost to the point where I'm in the mode now, of course, when you start a business at age 49, I'm in the mode now where I'm looking ahead five to seven years to when hopefully I can sell this. I need to prepare myself to sell it. Yeah, now here's the thing. Then, because you're saying it's, you're doing that because of age, and we all do that. We all think there's going to be a time when you hang it up. So let's say you get to your mid-60s, and then you've got a business that's built up, and you, you've got, you'll have tons of accolades. You'll give yourself, and you'll get from others because you created it. But then do you say, but I'm not ready to be done. I want to start the next one. I don't think I'm going to do that. You've done something recently that I've always wanted to do, and that's write a book. Well, I can help you with that, too, because there's the creative part of it, and that's a lot of fun, and then there's a little bit more work to it than people might would think, you know. But what about the uh, what about the, the next five years that you say, okay, I've got to keep building it up? Is, is it building? Every year it's building a little bit. The growth has slowed down. Yeah, so your first growth was, what, years two to three and three right. to four? All of a sudden when I hit... Hey, I sold $100,000 last year. That was huge. That was like year three. Yeah. You know, we just, we just finished up year, I don't remember what, year eight, year nine, year seven. We're at about the half a million in sales. And I'm thrilled with that. But I also see down the road, I think we can be a million-dollar sales company. Okay. So, so that's the big one. And you talked about goals because you said I inspired you. You don't really set goals. And I always tell my listeners, I list, I list them in business financial and personal. So if you had a business goal right now, you want your company to be a million dollars of sales two years from now? I think we can do it in three years. Yeah. I think that's that's what if we can get the growth going and I mentioned we've hired really good people in the last couple years and they have allowed me to move allow me to try to attack new clients. So what are you what are you looking at? You know I always ask these things. What are you looking at now that your your habit that you that you do that has helped you a lot? What habit it helps you a lot? I'm extremely competitive. All right. Um, and that goes back obviously to my background. Okay. I hate losing. And to you, businesses it's not about you want to go out and beat somebody out of a sale necessarily. You don't want your business to fail because that would be losing. Well, All right? I don't want to beat people out of a sale too. <laughs> I I believe that um I have to do what it takes to put me in a position to get in front of a, of a potential client. Because right. I think once I do that, I can be successful. All right. So every retailer, and you're not really a retailer, you, you are a bit of a retailer, but you also sell a product. Every organization on earth right now is dealing with the Amazon elephant in the room. What is TCP going to do about dealing with the, the Amazon of the world? I can't compete online. And I tell people that come in here, well, I can get those those things online for half that price or two-thirds of that price. Well, then I say go there, okay? 
but I've got things that I can offer them that uh, when they need that one piece or they need that thing that's misspelled, um, the, the t-shirt business has been massive for me the last two or three years. Um, and we can turn things around for them in you know three or four days, including design, print, and delivery. Delivery so, is a big, big thing with people. Yeah. So if, if you if you uh, say, here's where I am going to play ball and here's where I'm not going to play ball, you've got your thing where you're saying, nope, that's not where we're going to be competitive anyhow. I don't think there's any way I can. I'm not worried. I think I can develop my own online status probably better uh, than I'm doing right now. Uh, we, we've had a lot of success with things something simple as online stores for customers. And we've adapted to meet their needs, and that helps them with schools and organizations uh, who love doing online right now. So what you're talking about is people like that because it's simple, pay for it on credit card, it's there in their hands. We do the same thing now for organizations. So you can do that. Minute, yes. I talk in the book and I talk to my audiences about the need to be a promoter. Uh, you know, you were you didn't have to promote. To be a athletic director for a school, you don't have to be a promoter. Now you have to promote you, your business, and TCP. How do you do it? It's a hard, one of the hardest things in the business because I don't know the, the angle that I need to take. Um, I just met with a, a mutual friend of ours that, that, that helps you in that area, and, and she's got some great ideas um, that I haven't thought about. Um, we get so wrapped up in social media right now, but as, as she told me— I don't know that anybody's buying trophies and screen printing. She goes, those clients aren't the people you're trying to achieve. You, know, right. you need to be in different, different avenues— um, we live in a community um, where uh, our media is very weak. Um, so trying to figure out how to – my biggest weakness right now is people don't know that I'm doing screen printing and embroidery, mainly because of my name. We've tried to, to change that a little bit, but how to reach those people is a challenge. It's the challenge we all have is getting in front of uh, making sure the prospects know about us. Uh, question I ask a lot of entrepreneurs. You're in your eighth, ninth year now. I'm, I'm sure you've learned a lot. What thing have you learned just in the last six months that you're like, geez, I wish I had known this 10 years ago? That's a great question. Marketing, sales, uh, manufacturing, uh, product lines, here, employee management. Here, here's what we, the last six months, seven months, I brought a person on board that's totally changed what we do. Her strength is, is design, um, graphics. We don't get all heavily into that. That's where we have other people yeah. we refer to. But to take a T-shirt, create a design for a person, and sell it, it has expanded our our business immensely. It's putting us in in a position where we can now get more sales because of her talents. I should have hired someone like that yeah. five years ago. Getting the right person. What the lesson is: getting the right person that is not an expense is an absolute asset that you that you can grow because of. You're scared to death to bring on employees because of the cost. Yeah. But yet the employees can make you money. Drive the business. I ask a lot of people this, if I gave you four more hours per week, if I could grab four hours out of sky and give them to you, you run your own business, your kids are pretty much raised, uh, you, you know, you're, you're not that 25-year-old starting out anymore. If I gave you four more hours per week, what do you spend them doing? I've thought about this. Um, you talked about that in the book. Um, 
I would. I know for me, it, I, I should be writing and reading more, and I already write and read enough, I think. But no, I don't. <coughs> Excuse me. But if I if I had it, I'd probably need to devote it to those things, which tells me I'm not doing as much of it as I should. Um, there's there's always something. Learning about how you do your business better uh, is always where you can spend some of your time. I I would I would spend more time how to attack clients. I I want to break down that. I want to take five. I want to take five clients that I want to do business with and figure how am I going to approach how to reach them. And you know, you make a you make a great point when I heard you speak and in your book about the, the amount of time you have in your life. We all have the same time, and this is that point. Um, I would I would keep trying to learn. I've learned so much by listening to people like you or reading and and other experts in the field that I want to do more of that. I want to I want to build my cl my client base so that I'm getting strong clients and that I would I would just try to do everything I could to do that. And then you obviously can get rid of your weak clients and yeah I'd say that customer cultivation is a pretty important part of my business always has been and it goes back to having a sales background because it was never lost on me that these people go away they die they change jobs whatever and you've got a similar situation. All right, last thought. What do you got for a business person? You know, you got your nine years in. You're growing. You uh, you've learned a lot. Okay, what what would you tell somebody out here? Anybody can learn from any business person, any self-employed, any entrepreneur, solopreneur, freelancer uh, can learn from. Do your homework early. I, I thought I was prepared, <laughs> and I I thought I could. I, I thought I was one of those people that were going to walk into business and immediately be successful. I didn't prepare myself in, in the, the mistakes that I made, such as assuming that all these people were going to join up with me. Um, don't try to, don't try to do too much too soon. Let it grow because it will grow if you do the right things. That's Joe Santa of TCP. He's a guy that I happen to know and a guy I think well of, and I'm glad he came on here today because uh, we can all admit that we're not as we're not as smart as we sometimes think, and we can always learn. Thanks for being on here, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Till next time, this is the Do Business Better podcast.